The problem I saw was that there were a lot of people involved in the process and they, they weren't talking to each other and they weren't talking to me. Welcome to Uptech Report. This is our Plytech series. Uptech Report is sponsored by TerraLeap. Learn how to leverage the power of video at TerraLeap.io. Today, I'm excited to be joined by my guest, Catherine Wells, who's based in Denver, Colorado. She's the CEO at Serenity Engage. Welcome, Catherine. Good to have you on. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Now, Serenity is a HIPAA-compliant messaging platform for senior care. Very, very specific application here for this, this purpose. I, I'm curious, when you, when you began this, this whole endeavor, uh, what was the problem that you saw and, and set out to solve? Yeah, so I was part of that sandwich generation, they call us. And the sandwich generation is those of us who have children at home, who have full-time careers and family full life. And then we begin to take care of our elderly parents. So we're kind of sandwiched in between. So I was part of that sandwich generation and I had what turned out to be a 10 year senior care journey for both my mom and my dad, where I stepped into the role of primary care coordinator. And that didn't mean that I was doing all of the care, but I was directing the care. I was coordinating the communication between the home care, home health assisted living, memory care. The problem I saw was that there were a lot of people involved in the process and they, they weren't talking to each other and they weren't talking to me. And that's what I set out to solve. Communication is, is the epitome of, of, of everything. <laughs> it's a successful um, communication means a win or, or, or loss depending on what circumstance, but when it comes to family, your family and your loved ones, um, this whole area of senior care and el- elderly care is, 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 if anything, is growing, is booming, as you just said, because of this generation um, that, that's happening now. When, when you talk about streamlining this communication, though, because you felt it, you experienced it, um, I, how, what can you speak to on your website that's save three to five hours a week streamline the communication of staff and families. I mean, do they right. really spend that, that much time? Is that much communication going back and forth between families and staff? Absolutely. And it's, it's not that there there's, so there's communication happening, but right now it's happening analog. So it's very much phone calls, voicemail tag, emails, chasing down email threads, leaving sticky notes, I call it the sticky note syndrome because it's very common that a family member will call a community that their parents live in, a senior living community, and say, hey, I'm going to pick dad up at 10 o'clock on Tuesday for a dentist appointment. Can you make sure he's showered and has all his medications? And they'll write it down on a sticky note. And that sticky note then goes to that um, either the assisted living side or memory care side, and they hope that it gets to the right person. Now, I'm not saying all senior care operators operate this way, but it's the way it's kind of been done. It's very paper-based, very phone-based, very fax-based, <laughs> very, which is foreign to so many of us who are yes. not in senior yes. care. <laughs> this, this brings actually to a, quite a reality for me. We just recently, my, um, my wife and our kids went to go see my my grandmother and my my mother emails 
the, 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 the place. And then ideally they print it off and bring it to her to let her know what's happening, that we're coming to visit her. It ended up, they never really got it to her. Actually, we were, we got there, started meeting with her. And then eventually it came with the printed letter and we're like, no, we're already here. Thanks. Yes. It was just so delayed that that whole communication, I imagine that instant communication, that would have been so much better. So you seeing that as, as a reoccurring theme everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. The senior care industry, let me be clear right up front that the people who work in this industry are incredible. They are heroic and they jump through hoops to care for the people we love the most. Many of them during COVID, which was a miserable time for them, for the staff, for the residents, for everybody. But imagine being a staff member during COVID and not being able to allow family to come in. That's heartbreaking to begin with. And then to watch the people in your care go downhill because they're feeling isolated, they're missing their family, they're lonely, they're sad, they're scared. Um, they're not as active and, and engaged because there's no way they can be without that extra stimulation. And imagine being a caregiver in that scenario. And what many of them did was they actually spent their holidays with the people we love rather than going home to their own families. So absolutely heroic people work in this system. This is not a people problem. This is a system problem. And it the system was designed years and years ago, 50 years ago. So this is, it was designed for the times then. The times have changed. It's a historically very tech laggard industry. And COVID put a big old spotlight on that. And so all, everyone is now scrambling for how can we use technology to increase our efficiency, to optimize our staff time, to, um, to include families in the process. And, and that's the other big shift is there's a demographic shift of baby boomers moving into senior care. So you may or may not have heard this statistic, but 10,000 baby boomers turn 65 every day for the next 20 years. So when you think about that big shift and that enormous population moving into that, now we'll add on to that, that 70% of people over the age of 65 will require paid aging services at some point, 70%. Today, that's 39 million people. That's a lot of people. So given that they will require that, who are the people, who are their children? Their children are the Gen Xers, the Gen Zers. We all grew up with technology. We are all so used to, if you're not going to text me, I'm not going to talk to you. Right? <laughs> we don't use the phone. I don't answer my voicemail. I look at what, what the little, um, I get the little bot or whatever, where it transcribes it. I look at the transcription and then I might call you back or I might text you. So, <laughs> um, so it's really about modernizing the industry, bringing it up to where every other industry is. We bank online. We know where our dog walked. We know what happened to our kids at daycare, but we can't communicate about the people who raised us and spent their life loving us. And now it's our turn to give back. So that's really the, the goal. And the interesting thing is that the caregivers, the care team, they really want to include family. They want to hear from family because it helps them. It helps them do their job. Mm -hmm. So 
it's not that uh, they don't want them involved or, or communicating. It's just how they do it. I really appreciate the point you said. It's it's not a people problem. It, it's a system problem. Yes. Now, kind of exasperating this issue, making it worse, is the staffing shortage. It's just like there's just not enough people to go around. Can you speak to that issue? Absolutely. We're in a global caregiver shortage. This is not just a U.S.-based problem. There are not enough people to take care of the boomers who are aging and requiring services. This is a well-known, well-documented problem. So we have to turn to technology. What happens in every other industry when you have a shortage of workers? You look to automate. So can you automate care? No, but can, can you automate other things? Can you utilize technology to streamline things? And when I talk about on our website, saving three to five hours per week per staff member, just by communicating through a, a, an instant group messaging, the reason that works is because you think about all the voicemail tag, the email, the I'm even in voicemail, I'm calling you. If there are three other people involved in the care of the person we're talking about, they don't know what we've said. So there's miscommunications, there's drop balls. So there's all the time spent doing that. And those numbers actually come from my customers, not from me. So this is proven out. This is real. My customers tell me this. And when you can post one post and say, here's what's happening with this older adult, everybody is on the same page at the same time. It just shortcuts all of that. So you uh, started this 2018 uh, if I understand correctly, that it got it launched. How many understand when you built this this platform? How is it different than other messaging platforms out there? How have you designed it to be specific for um, healthcare and and for for senior care? It's great. First thing is it's HIPAA compliant. That's number one. Um, number two, it is designed to be easy to use for everyone. And the industry caregiver, there are many people in the, in the caregiving world in this industry that um, English is not their first language or they've just graduated from high school. Um, so very young, very inexperienced, all the way to 92-year-olds. And we need to design for everything and make it just this very complex system, super simple. So HIPAA compliance, user experience, but messaging is only the beginning. That's the beginning of the platform. So for us, communication is the backbone. And you said that early on, that communication is the epitome of everything. It really is at the center of everything. I mean, we talk about marriages and relationships with um, family. It's really always boils down to communication. So, and we've proven this in the corporate world too. Um, um, so Slack is a tool that's often used in the corporate world. People in this, I hesitated because people in the, in the senior care industry don't know Slack. Mm-hmm. So if you think about how Slack completely changed the corporate world, we're able to communicate um, across disparate teams, keep everybody on the same page at the same time. It just, I had a boss who said, I only talk to you in Slack. I'm not talking to you on email. So don't respond. Don't ever email me anything. I'm not going to respond to you. And that's the way of the world. It really is. We're, we're shifting to that. So Serenity, the messaging platform is somewhat modeled similar to Slack, but designed for easy usage. Slack was designed for developers. So, and you can still see some of that in there. Um, 
And it's also very cost prohibitive for this industry to get the HIPAA compliant version of it. Um, And it's not modeled for this industry. So there's many things, but things that we're building on, I said that was the very beginning of our platform, things that we're building on, we're building on an Alexa component so that we can have voice interactions and do virtual telehealth sessions, as well as um, allowing, of course, the families to communicate with their loved one via either video or voice only. Um, So that's been really exciting to see that take place. So it's it's eventually getting to the point where it's not even just the the staff members and the end families, but the the person who's who's being taken care of can be part of this this conversation, isn't it? Absolutely. And it really depends on their level of acuity. So I'm going to give you an example of that. My mom was in memory care. She had Alzheimer's. So she, the last two years of her life, she was nonverbal. I could not call my mom and say, how are you doing? I depended on the care staff to tell me how she was doing and what was happening and did the doctor round and did she get her haircut? Because that's all that mattered to her. So That's one situation where she was very high acuity. My dad, on the other hand, was in assisted living and he was very verbal (laughs) and he would say things like, "Um, they haven't showered me. I haven't eaten in days. Nobody's been here in months. And and I knew they were lies, Um, but that was how he was feeling. And you do lose track of time when you're um, when you get to a certain stage in life. It's 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 hard. And some of that, he was trying to tug on my heartstrings to make me come visit more often, but I was visiting really often. So, um, so it's interesting, depending on the level of acuity messaging started my, the messaging component of serenity started because of my experience with my mom, mainly because I so relied on the care team, Right. but then we realized that that's not enough. There are plenty of people who are um, lower acuity and independent living, and we want to keep them independent. And so, and, and um, I hate to use this word, um, but it takes some of the burden off the staff. And by that, I mean, in independent living, often they'll call down to the front desk and say, what, what time does the cafeteria open again? What's on the menu tonight? What are the activities today? Even though the community spends a lot of time printing out all that information, putting it under their doors, posting it, you know, in the hallways. So what we're doing with the Alexa component there is allowing them to ask Alexa, Uh what's on the menu? What time does dining room a open? Um, Do I have packages? Um, Can you RSVP me for the grocery bus? Alexa's talking to me. I'm sorry. Alexa, stop. I need to watch. There's listening as well. Switch it to to Amazon. That's what I just say. Amazon device. Thank you. Yes. Echo is really the the correct term, the echo device. There we go. What's so what's so funny for those who have seen this, um, there was a long time ago uh, a spoof made as an SNL or something on uh, Echo Silver. What's so, so it was funny, but at the same time, like actually it would kind of be helpful for some of those elements. And that's what you're doing. You're building it in, but it's, it's, it has to be done at the local level that, that they're inputting their information, that, that senior care facility so that that person can ask, ask those questions. And there's that information to pull it from. So you're providing that connection, the two databases together. Absolutely. And what we're allowing is for it to be a little bit kind of white labeled. So it's, it's echo device for ACME senior living. 
right? Mm -hmm. So it's very specific. It's a closed network. And the other interesting thing that we're seeing is that some of these communities are getting rid of their PBX once they have this closed network of echo devices in the rooms, because Mm -hmm. family and providers If they're allowed, if they're given permission to access that device, they can just call into that device directly. And what happens in that kind of a closed network is you eliminate all the spam calls because you decide who is allowed to call in. (laughs) That is is so important and powerful because I've seen that as well with my grandmother and and it's like, don't don't take those calls, please. Um, The. It's it's an issue, but what's interesting is we we did we did get her um, also a, I think it was a, a portal because um, yeah. at the time it made sense we got two of them, but she couldn't figure out how how to use it, and then there's there's still it's like we're getting closer with the hardware, but the idea that it would be just mostly all already there and taken care of and, and part of that closed loop. Uh, because it's not like the healthcare facility that the, the people there know how to use the portal, but it's like we're getting closer to if if it's provided or they, it's actually just part of the 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 use case or the delivery. Am I getting that right? Absolutely, and, and when it becomes something that's just part of the fabric of the way the community works, then it's a non-issue. And yes, there is learning curve. Yes, there are some road bumps for sure. And there are people who will never use it for a variety of reasons. That's okay. Right now, communities are working on putting LG TVs in every room because they can then add the channel that um, channel on the TV that has all their information just always scrolling. Totally great. What we believe the echo devices can do, they can also be television. So it doesn't matter. And the, the new echo device, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to geek out for just a minute. Um, the new echo device is a 15 inch flat screen that can hang on your wall. <laughs> So it looks like a television or, um, you know, something that's innocuous and you can have the same things like photos scrolling while you're not using it, but you can still access it the exact same way Um, there that Amazon has um, pre-announced an Astro robot. It's a dog robot. Love it. I think that, you know, I'm not saying robots are never going to replace caregivers, in my opinion, and nor should they, at least in my lifetime. Um, Can they augment? Can they help with having some companionship, some interaction? Absolutely. A hundred percent they can. And I could see some of that happening. Um, And even as small as there's a there's a I think it was Hasbro that did this. cats and dogs for senior for seniors that are not real, but they act like they are. And it's very, very cool because pets that so much research on people who have had pets in their lifetime and how they will calm them in their older years when they have um, dementia and can't remember things. And then they don't have to take care of the pet, (laughs) right? There's no picking up. There's no feeding. There's no training. (laughs) There's no having the cat pee in the bed, nothing like that. <laughs> for, for, for elder care, that's that's definitely the the next level. What what I kind of popped in my head is like bringing down the ease of um, for seniors and elder care to to when they're there to interact with technology to communicate with who they need, who they want to talk to, and get the information they want to. That's going to be powerful. I wonder though if once they figure it out. 
not abuse, that's not the right word to say abuse the system, but my, finally my, my grandmother did figure out how to communicate with my mother. And so she uses messenger. And so now she's calling her every, all, every day, just giving her a <laughs> ring. Could there be a case where now they're going to be like calling the doctor or calling a nurse just because now they, they know how to do it. And how do you see that that will work of, is there too much communication? Could that happen? <laughs> Anything can happen. <laughs> you can't control uh, human nature. Um, yeah. You can try to drive behavior. And I, you know, I believe I, I would have to verify this, but I believe there is a way to set it up so that it limits who you can call out to, but allows certain people to be able to call in. And the big thing with the echo devices that people were initially fearful of is that anyone could drop in. And I don't know if you've used them, but the drop-in capabilities, I think initially when they were first launched, it was a little, um, could have been invasive. It, they have worked so hard on this. Amazon is really focused on providing value in the senior care world. So they're not dumb. They know exactly how to sequence this and, and um, they got the information they need. You know, they, like every software company does or hardware company or any business, really, you go out with something and you get your learnings and you develop a new hypothesis and you go out and test that. And so... Um, my point there is that they continue to learn. They're very aware of the issues and potential issues. And could they, could grandma call the family constantly? Absolutely. A hundred percent. She could. But yep. is that really a bad thing? Cause if she wants to call, we should be picking up. <laughs> or, or you just don't answer. I mean, like yeah. we have these, you, you teach people how to treat you in life. And sometimes they need a little bit of behavioral training, but also the, the concept of if they're reaching out all the time, what's really going on? Is it loneliness? If it's loneliness, what can you do? I think it is a struggle for family. If that does happen, I don't, so far, I haven't seen it happen a lot. I see it happen like in the initial rollout because it's kind of new and different and then things settle back in. Um, but you know, there's always the the jokes about is grandma going to call um, Tasmania? <laughs> you know, <laughs> who's grandma going to call next? You know? <laughs> Coming back to to the communication in the staff side, because um, one is is definitely connecting the families with the the um, uh, the the one who's being taken care of, their family member, and then and the the immediate staff. But internal communications is also the staff to doctors. Is that also for the platform itself? Absolutely. So if you think about our messaging platform, which is also Alexa is part of our messaging platform, um, it's an extension of, but the messaging platform is very much a mobile messaging app, right? And so imagine, I'll take my mom, for example. So my mom's in memory care and she becomes a fall risk. That means that I have to figure out family who can be there 24 seven or I have to hire home care to be there 24 seven, very expensive, um, but it does happen. And usually it's over a period of time. It could be a week. It could be a month um, while they work on, on physical therapy and things to help her not be a fall risk. So that's what, one of the things that can happen when we have a message, when we have a, a channel for my mom and I'm in there and the care staff at the memory care are in there. 
and we now bring in home care, we just add them into the channel. So very easy to add and remove people from the channel. This works in two great ways. One is the caregiver crisis means that there is a tremendous amount of turnover in the industry. Caregivers are coming and going all the time. When you take out a caregiver and add a new one, they can get up to speed really quickly. So you don't miss a beat. You don't have to start a new thread, which is what happens in most messaging systems. You have to start a whole new thread because there's new people. None of that happens, right? Then the second side to that is now the home care is in there. So there's never a question of what's going on. And did the home care make their visits? Did they actually show up? Because that's another thing. And again, it's the, it's the worker crisis that's happening more so than the people who are providing the care. And so someone, uh, if you're having in-home care, this is some, a, a family could sign up and use as well, not just a, a, a facility. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we encourage families to use it. Um, we, we're, work, we're still early stage. So what we're working towards is building it out such that when, you, when your mom or dad begins to need help, you go to Serenity. You start an account at Serenity. And there are many things that we're building out that I won't share quite yet that are going to be able to follow you and your loved one across the entire senior care journey. Because the only people who are consistent in that journey are your, your loved one, your older adult, and, and your family. That's it. There are different providers coming in and out at different times. You might start at home by hiring home care to come in and just help with cooking some meals and cleaning the house a little bit and running them to the dentist, um, doing some grocery shopping. But if you don't live in town or if you're working full time and have a full life, you still want to know as a family member, did that home care person show up? Because even then with my parents, I would call and say, did they, did Melissa show up today? That wasn't her name. I'm using a different name. Did Melissa show up today? Um, you know, do you have some food in the fridge? And my dad would say, I don't think so, but she did. And he didn't have dementia. It's just, he's kind of, you know, working through life and emotional because my mom's Alzheimer's was, you know, she was still living at home too. So like he just wasn't connecting the dots when I would call. So that can be really like that can give family a heart attack. <laughs> We're paying for these services. And if it's home health, which is even more important, and, and the self-report is they didn't show up, that's not okay. So for a family to start an account and then begin to invite in the home care and home health providers and ask them to just say, hey, I was here today and here's what we did. That's it. Two seconds, yeah. nothing more, yeah. all good. It comes back to that communication. It's like that it means uh, uh, less stress. Uh, you feel things can flow smoothly and, and, and it's the miscommunication that can cause the, the, the terrible things, the not good things and what you don't want to happen. I'm curious with this rollout that what you've seen, has there been any pushback from like the, the facilities, senior care facilities, other places? What, what is their attitude to this? And is the, their, are they already ready to adopt? What does that look like? Well, it's shifted dramatically since COVID, <laughs> as you can Maybe. imagine. Um, I will, 
I will say that the industry is still a little bit split as we're beginning to transition into more of a technology-based industry or embracing technology as an industry. Pre-COVID, 60% of all senior care CEOs were expected to retire in five years. So that's a lot. And, And I use the word intentionally, retire. That means they're aging out. So those are the people who have been in the industry, which means two things. One, we're two years into COVID almost. So that's already three years away. But COVID also accelerated that because if you have been doing this for 25, 30 years, you were already planning to retire. You're like, I think I'm done. (laughs) So we're seeing a great acceleration of that. What that means is that Younger people are moving into the leadership roles, people who have grown up with technology, expect technology. And so it's accelerating that technology push. What it also means is that they're looking at the industry differently. This industry was designed specifically for regulatory and administrative compliance, which is why everybody is siloed. They all work in their silos. And Serenity is asking them to break the barriers of those silos by communicating with each other. So yes, it's a challenge. And there are some who say, and I want to say this because this is really important. There are still people in the industry who as providers say, I can't have transparent communication because it opens us up to litigation. Now, Exactly. The look on your face. Thank you. That is their concern. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so missing something? I'm like, if, you, if, you, if you're trying to bring transparency, that should be a good thing, unless you're hiding something. Well, I, and I think, you know, I want to say, if I had to guess, I'd say 2% are actually hiding something. It's very, very small. But they have been, they've had the fear of the worst possible things happening put into their minds. And therefore they run their business based on, am I going to get in trouble rather than, is this the right thing to do now? I also want to say there are forward thinkers in the industry who totally do not subscribe to that. And those are the ones who are my customers. And that's where I see the industry going because family will not put up with it anymore. And that's the difference. We're at the precipice of a huge tipping point of the consumerization of this industry, where right now the power is really with the supply side, which is the providers. And I see it shifting like everything else to the power being in the consumer side, the, the, um, the demand side. And, and by that, I mean, think about Uber. Uber had to first have drivers before they could sign up riders, right? So we're starting with providers and adding in the, the family members because they're the demand side. And eventually we're aggregating family members and family will see that they have agency here, that they have a say. Um, I'll go back to one, one thing I didn't say at the very beginning. I believe that the family member, the primary care coordinator is the economic buyer for these services. And here's why we may not be writing the check out of our own checkbook. We might be, people are doing that, 
In my case, I was power of attorney for my parents for both healthcare and financial. So I was writing the check out of their checkbook. So I was, I had a big say, right? But even when I wasn't, I was on their shoulder saying, hey, I need you to go to this community because that's closer to me. I've checked it out. Or I need you to hire this home health. I've done all the research. I know their reviews. I've talked to people. They're the right one. So I was directing the spend. And there are 40 million people like me, family members, who are directing the spend for a half a trillion dollars in paid aging care services and nobody's paying attention to them. And that's why this is all going to shift because we're not going to put up with it. <laughs> this, this talk about this major shift that's happening. I'm, I'm curious, do you see being able to get like the doctors and health overall healthcare providers involved in this as well? Cause often you talk to the, the immediate nurse or whoever's taking care of it, but the doctors involved, are you already doing this? Do you see this as part of this in the future? It's great. It's such a great question because everybody asks that. And you know why they ask it? Because they know already that doctors are really hard to get to do these things, right? And doctors do not want two-way communication. They want to push information to you, but they don't really want to have an ongoing text thread with you, right? And that's fair. That's fair. They shouldn't. They, they have a specialty. So do I think doctors eventually will get on? In the future, I see it for sure pretty far out in the future. In the meantime, though, what happens is when you're already engaged in aging services of any kind, typically you're switching from your normal family physician to a geriatric physician. And most of the geriatric physicians round, which means they'll go to the assisted living, the senior living, and they'll, they'll have a day at each senior living, right? And they just see all their patients. They just go through them. So they're used to traveling. They're used to um, having these conversations with family. They're used to, you know, making sure that everybody knows what's happening for the best care of their loved one. They do get on serenity. And usually they assign a PA or, or somebody to manage the communication side of it. Uh, but we have the capability for them to just push information and not be pinged back as well. If that's something they'd like to do. When you look at the future of this space and the technology where, where, where it's going, if you were to make a prediction of, of what we can expect, like let's, let's look a little bit down the road. It's more like three, five years from now. What is it going to look like? Beyond that, I would say it doesn't look like what we see today. Um, three to five years is short enough that it, I think that we will see a lot more technology streamlining and automating the things that just don't require human uh, interaction. Um, I think that we will see what I'm calling ambient care. And if you think about um, the word ambient, it's it's really it means that it's just there. It's not intrusive. It's not like you have to run to a computer or, you know, run to a device to make something happen. It's just there. I see a world of ambient care and having care information from any device, anytime, anywhere, um, such that if you're driving in your car, I used to work for an AI company and I'm thinking about the scenario that we had um, where you could be talking on your phone, let's say at home, and 
you walk to your car and it just transfers to your car. Well, this happens now. It didn't happen at the time that we were talking about it. Um, and then you leave there and it transfers to wherever you are. So it it's the idea of having care, regardless of having the care information at your fingertips. This is important for staff in particular that roam. So uh, by Rome, I mean, they they visit the assisted living. They go see you at home. So hospice care, most people think of it as a hospital that you go to to die. There are those, um, but that's not most of hospice. Most of hospice is rounding at your home or or at your home in a senior living community. And so that means those nurses and the, those CNAs are and social workers there are on the road all the time. So for them to not have to pull up a laptop, they still have to document, no question. They have to get their documentation done. But to be able to do all of this just virtually through voice, through video, through um, text when they want to, it it just streamlines everything. It is is a future of, of streamlining. And I like your, your terminology of, of ambient care and the technology provides ambient care, wherever you're, wherever you are. Yeah. For those that want to learn more, you can go over to serenityengage.com. That's serenityengage.com. Thank you, Catherine, for, for sharing both the journey and what you're building and this future of, of um, care and, and communication. This is awesome. Thank you, Alexander. And we'll see you all on the next episode of Uptech Report. Have you seen a company using AI, machine learning, or other technology to transform the way we live, work, and do business? Go to uptechreport.com and let us know.